0: Listening to the Oz Movies podcast only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for our fourth and final Halloween, kind of Halloween themed podcast, random TV, random movie podcast. We're taking a break from binge watching Stranger Things this weekend to catch you up on something that's really never been considered a Halloween classic. Uh, whether or not it should be, I don't know, but I felt it fit this format and it ties in with last week's episode. We're talking about not my childhood favorite movie, but the sequel to my childhood favorite movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, otherwise known as Bill and Ted Die, Uh, (laughs) and uh, we are here with a full house today, because everybody wants to watch this movie, and everybody wants to talk about it. Uh, Of course, uh, why shouldn't they? And uh, let's just go around the table and do our introductions. I hope everybody's prepared for this. Rossi,
1: Rossi's not around the table. Whatever,
0: the the, the <laughs> desk, table, desk, whatever it is.
1: Well, the only person that's around the desk is me, Jamie. All right,
0: anyways, <laughs> my name is Colin, and I totally possess my dad.
1: And my name is Jamie, and you totally sunk my battleship.
2: And I'm Rossi, and I'm here presenting from medieval England, Iowa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is going to be a fun one, because... Um, <clears throat> As I mentioned, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was my childhood favorite movie. I mean, up there was Star Wars, I guess. But for a period, I mean, I just lived and breathed this when uh, this came out. I didn't see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Part 1 when it first came out. It was probably a year or two later, and then not long afterwards, this came out. But I, I remember distinctly one summer where it was every single morning just waking up and watching this movie. Or not this one, Excellent Adventure. So when Bogus Journey came out, I mean, I was very excited. So this is basically a part of my childhood, um, but that doesn't mean that I'm blind enough to uh, not admit there's some weird things about this. But uh, I'm sitting here with two people, one of which has never seen this movie, that would be Rossi, and actually has never seen the first one. So I don't know whether that would hurt or help his judgment of this. And the other one, Jamie, who saw the first one, loved it and saw the second one and told me this movie's really stupid <laughs> and tried to give me her copy that she had paid for in a bargain bin even though I already had a copy
1: that's because I'm still deeply scarred from the traumatic event of that rabbit scaring me in my childhood it's such a creepy little thing your
0: child your childhood so you saw this movie when you were probably 18 or 19 and it no. was a childhood fear of no, yours no
1: I saw it when I was younger I have six older brothers
0: Okay, well, you had told me I had never seen this movie before, No, I, so.
1: I have seen
0: it. Regardless, you always told me it was stupid. Um, but let's just see if any opinions changed here. Uh, I've already kind of given my history with this childhood favorite movie. Remember when this first came out? I'll be telling lots of stories throughout this because I'm kind of the Bill and Ted expert here. But Rossi, just hit us with it. What did you think of Bill and Ted's bogus journey?
2: Um, It was interesting. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, it was a little confusing because I had no idea who these characters were. Mm-hmm. Apparently the women were from England, yeah. from medieval England, and I had no idea who they were. Apparently, were they in the last movie?
0: They were, yeah, in the first part.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so it was confusing to piece together because I still haven't seen the original. Mm-hmm. Um, some characters were funny. Most of the characters were not. <laughs> um some of it didn't make sense. Some of it was pointless humor. Um, I mean, we'll get into most of it. Um, but, yeah, it was not the most enjoyable experience.
0: <laughs> uh, I will say, you know, we had to do this because it was kind of the Halloween theme, and it did tie into last week. And I gave Rossi my original choice of Gremlins 2. He thought looked terrifying. so he chose. It, it still does. It's still. But we may still cover that if people want uh, want us to. But, um, it probably would have helped to have seen the first part. uh I will admit that. Just the basic rundown is in the first part, you know, you have Rufus, who is really only the opening and closing scene of this one, who comes from the future. And the idea is that Bill and Ten, their band, Wild Stallions of the Future, are basically the people who unite the world and save the world. And Rufus is said to travel back in time because they're going to fail their history report, which, of course, there's all these, you know, plot holes with well, they would have always failed their history report, but he basically is supposed to give them access to a time machine so they could learn about history and uh, pass their history report and not get split up before their band gets successful. Uh, they just travel through time in the first one, collect all these historic artifacts or not artifacts, people, I guess, uh, like Billy the Kid and Beethoven and Socrates. Um, who else was in the first one, Jamie?
1: Um, I Napoleon. Can't... I can't remember. Yeah, Napoleon was awesome. He was probably one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, and in the end, they end up, you know, succeeding, and then that eventually led to this sequel, where instead of just doing another time travel story, they said, "Let's do something completely different. Let's have Bill and Ted die, and let's have evil robots from the future." So the only things I think anybody would really need to know going into this, not that it's a little thing, is that these are two teenagers who are idiots who have terrible musical skills, but yet are apparently the band that saves the world and travel back in time with the assistance of Rufus, a time traveler from the future, who collect historical figures to pass a history report and thereby stay together and eventually will save the world. Not that that's not complicated at all, but this one, the only thing I guess you would really need to know is, yeah, their girlfriends they met in uh, one of the best sequences in Excellent Adventure, uh, and of course they stay here in the future. Uh, Jamie, let's move on to you now. You knew this movie. You know the first one. You enjoy the first one. You used to tell me this movie was terrible. I caught you laughing quite a bit throughout this. Uh, has your opinion changed at all?
1: Um, no, like, uh, it's it's a funny movie uh, for some parts. I, I agree, basically, with what Rossi said. Like, there's not too many characters that are that funny. The Death character is basically the best. Mm-hmm. And some of Bill and Ted's lines are, are great. I, I I don't know if they're just as funny as the first one, but... Just some of the lines are great, like you know when they're in heaven and and they're going to meet the scientists that can help them, and they're like, "Catch you later, God." Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's I don't know, it's kind of funny to me. So, um yeah, I don't know, I, but the rabbit really creeped me out. Yeah, <laughs> I keep going back to that.
0: um I mean, this is an interesting movie. Just we're gonna go through a bit of the history here on it because I don't think they ever made the first one with intention to make a sequel. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that the first one, I mean, you kind of look back on it now and say, oh, it was a bit of an 80s hit. I mean, it was popular enough that it not only spawned this sequel, but, you know, the franchise we'll get into on the end here. It just went on and on and on. There were multiple TV shows. There were comics. I remember owning comics. I had the novelization of this. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how big of a fan I was as a kid. I bought the novel of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, but... Nobody really had any expectations for the first one. It became a big hit. They released this one. This one was not as big of a hit. And I think part of that had to do with just changing times. When the first one comes out, I think, in, like, 1989, you know, it, it very much fit—it had that 80s feel. By 1991, when this came out, like, everything had kind of changed with, over the course of maybe a year. And it was just a movie maybe a year too late. And I've read several other reviews online that said the same thing. It was a movie just maybe a little bit too late. Uh, but— The most exciting thing is we're going to get on the end here about the uh, proposed Bill and Ted 3, which is still in the works. Uh, Bill and Ted, of course, are played by Alex Winter. Who doesn't love Alex Winter here? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to kind of make jokes here because does anybody know who Alex Winter is outside of Bill and Ted? Uh, But uh, the other guy, Keanu Reeves, maybe one of the biggest movie stars to ever live. That's the reason Jamie's on this episode. If you listened to the end of our Clue episode last week, um, was that... You know, Jamie's a big Keanu Reeves fan, and I can convince her to watch anything if Keanu Reeves is in it. Uh, Rossi, are you a fan of Keanu Reeves, or do you have any knowledge of who Alex Winter is?
2: Um, I did look up who Alex Winter was, and he has not done much since this. The only thing that was notable was possibly the third movie, yeah. but um, and I genuinely don't have much knowledge of Keanu Reeves either. So,
0: are you serious?
2: Yeah. I don't know if we uh, can
0: be friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alex Winter kind of transitioned. I remember even the time Bill and Ted came out, you know, I would find any newspaper article or magazine about Bill and Ted and, you know, try to read up on it. And even at that time, Alex Winter was saying, you know, I don't really want to be an actor. I want to be a director. And that's basically what his career has become. He's, you know, a uh, big TV director and stuff like that. And um, I think he worked, you know, uh, writing some stuff too. Uh, but yeah, Keanu Reeves, one of the biggest movie stars, like, have you seen The Matrix? You know The Matrix existence, right, Rossi?
2: Yeah, I forgot. I, I, I like, have seen it so long ago that I forgot that he was in it. But yeah, forgot I forgot Keanu seen it.
0: Reeves was in The Matrix.
2: Well, I don't like The Matrix. That's another story. <laughs>
0: okay, I mean, I don't like The Matrix 2 or 3, but I'll agree with those, not the first one. Um, yeah, it's it's still fun, though, because Keanu Reeves, he was kind of plagued by this role for years. You know, the, the dumb... Uh, what would even be the way to describe him? Airhead, I guess, Uh, California airhead. uh, And so many people had trouble taking him seriously for so long. Cause I guess even in every other role, I mean, I kind of have always pointed out that no matter what movie you're watching, Keanu Reeves has a Ted moment in it, you know? And even there's that one moment in the matrix where Morpheus jumps between buildings and he just goes, Whoa, like it's, it's such a Ted moment. It's just, I think there's a lot of, that's what Keanu Reeves is. But Keanu Reeves is like a pretty intelligent guy and, Took a long time to shake this so uh, I always kind of believe that he looked back on this a little bit embarrassed and it's only in recent years as they're talking about Bill and Ted 3 and he has no need to ever go back to a franchise like this and he's all excited about it Realize realized Keanu Reeves really loves this and I think both of these guys the chemistry they have together is fantastic but then of course we get other characters that are introduced in this one as well and uh, like the first one was mostly made up with um, Bill Ted and then a little bit of Rufus who's their mentor time traveler uh, and then they had all the historical figures here. They kind of collect people from the afterlife. So uh, I think we've already gotten opinions on who the best character in this movie is. Uh, pretty much hands down. We agree. It's the Grim Reaper.
1: Death. What? Oh.
0: Uh, Jamie is looking at a picture of Keanu Reeves. that's <laughs> on the computer
1: screen. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you wanted me to answer something. I was so distracted by his beautifully, you know, cut up face. <laughs> from john wick um <clears throat> death was the best character is that yes, what we're talking death, about death was the best character okay yes yes all right so don't, in, don't fear the reaper
0: in this movie it's going to start out like your typical bill and ted movie it's going to transition but let's jump into it here so much like the first movie it starts out with a scene from the future uh which we will eventually be introduced to rufus but this is bill and ted university so this is what the future is it's a complete parody. Uh, where, in the future, this band has just somehow miraculously united the world and given them everything that they ever needed, and everybody lives in peace. Uh, So at Bill & Ted University, we have Professor Rufus show up in his time machine, which is the same phone booth from the first movie. Uh, And he brings out their panel of educational figures here for history class, which is uh, Thomas Edison, Bach, uh, Jim Martin from Faith No More, (laughs) and uh, I think the name was Rhea Paschel, which I remember I memorized what this was when I was a kid the inventor of the stationophonic, oxygenic hypophonographical verberator I think I butchered it there Stationophonic, oxygenic amplifiographical faunadeliverberator okay anybody gonna correct me on that one
1: I have no idea it sounds about right though
0: all right uh and then of course class is disrupted because Denomalous aka future Hitler uh aka star-
1: future husband of Missy
0: been of Missy, yes. <laughs> Another joke that you'd get more if you saw the first one. Uh, shows up and uh, he's basically introducing us that he's going to go back in time and he's going to destroy Bill and Ted forever so that the future could be built around him and not this stupid band as he saw it. Uh, and he introduces robot evil Bill and Ted. So this movie not only has real Bill and Ted, it has two evil robot Bill and Ted's. And it will get even crazier from there. And evil robot Bill and Ted are exactly the same as the original uh they you know have some technology some ways that they can communicate through time which i don't really understand uh they're made of metal which they make constant jokes about heavy metal jokes and uh then we go back to introduce to the real bill and ted so this is where the plot really starts the evil robot bill and teds are coming from the future
1: <laughs> and they have robot chubbies
0: they yeah we'll get into the robot <laughs> chubbies in a minute <laughs> And, uh...
1: I just think that's the most <coughs> hilarious word for, like, you know, like a... What's the... Erection? <laughs> that's hilarious, too. <laughs> Chubby.
0: Jamie's replacing Chubby erection dong as the inappropriate word <laughs> on the Network. So, Bill and Ted, we're now five years, they say, into the future. So, technically, considering the first movie, even though it came out in 89, it actually starts by saying San Dimas, California, 1988... Uh, it's actually now five years later, so this should be 1993, I guess, but they're auditioning for the Battle of the Bands, which is uh, what this entire history-changing event's around, and they're still terrible. So five years later, despite the fact they ended the last movie saying maybe we should learn how to play, uh, they're still the world's worst band. You have Mrs. Wardrobe there, who's the uh, one, I guess, picking the bands. She's saying, like, you guys suck. I'll give you a chance, though. I'll put you on last. The girls can play. <laughs> and The line Rossi was talking about it. Uh, where they're saying, well, girls mature faster than guys. And then Ted's like, yeah, I mean, they started in the 15th century. And then he's like, shut up, Ted. It's like, uh, I mean, they're from medieval England. Shut up, Ted. Medieval England, Iowa. (laughs) So there's some funny moments here. And then, of course, they get in the Battle of Bands, but they throw the 521st birthday party for Elizabeth and Joanna, the princesses from medieval times. And uh, (laughs) at the birthday party, we're met with, Ted's dad who is married to Missy now Rossi the joke here is that in the first movie this girl Missy was married to Bill's dad which they reference here uh but that she's only like three or four years older than them so there's constant jokes where they're checking her out and it's like you know it's like hey you're checking out your mom and then it's like shut up Ted and it's like remember when I asked Ted's like remember when I asked your mom to the prom but here she just jumps husbands and now she's with Ted's dad Quickly, we're introduced to another character that was mentioned in the first one. This is probably getting even more confusing for Rossi. Now he actually thinks there's a real plot here. Um, Colonel Oates from Oates Military Academy. (laughs) The way that uh, they are going to be broken up in the first movie was that Ted was going to be sent to military school. Now we actually meet this guy, and this is all going to come up later. And then, of course, there's uh, a quick joke there with the Missy thing where uh, it's like, uh, yeah, maybe you'll marry her next, and then, uh, yeah, then you'll be your own stepdad, uh maybe we'll just finish off there or let's just lump it there since there's not much to talk about other than how funny their rambling is when they're proposing to the girls with their cheap uh what are those things called like where you put a quarter in you get a plastic ring out
1: um <clears throat> dollar Store rings. Yeah, when you
0: when you put a quarter in, they call it a dollar or something. Okay. Is
1: Rossi still there?
0: Is Rossi still there? Or are you just Is it mood there? rings? Oh. <laughs> maybe that maybe it was a mood ring. I just think it looked like something you get out of like a vending machine. That's well, what I was.
1: women for. are moody, so maybe <laughs> what
0: it's called. She said it, not us. Uh. <clears throat> so yeah, they propose and uh, there's a funny speech there where they're going on about all the creatures, the various beasts, bears, blowfish, catfish. Oh no, wait, that's freshwater. Uh-huh. Rossi I'll let you start off there The entire opening of the movie Tell me of anything I'm missing there And what are you thinking at this point
2: Um I was okay with the movie up until At this point like I, I thought it was like I wrote down All I wrote for the note for my notes Were the quotes that I enjoyed Because mm-hmm. so like there's going to be no story to this So I don't need to pay, pay attention to the plot <laughs> Um, Considering We went from one of the most plot intense Movies yeah. Last week to this it's like I don't need to pay attention. So all I wrote down were the quotes, and you mentioned it, the quote about being your own stepdad. That was so funny. Um, mostly, like, I didn't think it was that confusing. I feel like I'm now more confused after you explain who these figured. characters are. <laughs> um, I think the knowing about who the military guy was was more helpful, because that makes sense. But, like, not much. I thought it was weird that they're this supposed to be like you told me that there were the band about the future thing and the la- like and they off recordings mm-hmm. and I was like okay and then they like suck and I was like really confused some of it didn't make sense but I was like it doesn't need to make sense this um, is
0: basically dude where's my car with time travel I mean <laughs>
2: I was like thinking that like that's what it felt like yeah and I, I was all I was thinking in the beginning when they were in the future when the when they bring out all these like Beethoven or a no, Bach and whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder where these costumes are sitting. Are they in some like storage shed in California or something, just like draped over and whatever, like neglected? I was that's what I was thinking of. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're wondering about the costume design of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which funny well, enough, what happened here? to them? Whatever like, happened to the costumes from Bill and Ted? Yeah, are
2: they, are they just hanging in some like? workplace in oh. some California workshop or something like
0: you would love watching excellent adventure now having seen this because it's all historical figures so you get tons of period costumes I don't know if that's more exciting to you
2: I'm so thrilled
0: <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add birthday party
2: who's oh oh 521st okay.
0: it, it,
2: yeah yeah um that yeah, was fine i thought it was weird that they said will you marry us yeah (laughs) i was like what i don't know if that was supposed to be a joke or if that was just like they're stupid so haha like i I didn't get what it was but i thought it was it was all right
0: there are at least a couple of jokes in this movie that i'm not sure if they're jokes or some in reference and maybe we'll get to those later on jamie your turn uh opening section of this movie Uh, it's been a long time since you've seen this did you remember any of this and uh Talk about all those futuristic costumes that you were obsessing over.
1: I actually, um, I remembered the second part of the uh, uh, movie more than the first part, but um, I, I thought that it was good. Um, the one thing that I'm going to complain about for the whole movie, though, not just for the first part, is that uh, Keanu Reeves is wearing way too many clothes. Uh, <laughs> No, but um, you know, Rossi did way, way more than even I did. I like uh, all the podcasts I've recorded with You've you. You've never taken a no, note I, down. I've never taken any notes down, so it's kind of just always like whatever I remember, which I'm really taking a gamble because I can't remember much. But yeah, you have a terrible memory. But no, like it was, it was great. I thought that the robots were funny and the ropers. Ha- what the, the they were robots? The robots. Okay, <laughs> were funny, and when they uh, came in and they're talking to the girls and and. They're like, get up, uh, or whatever. And then they're like, you better put out, or whatever. Uh, well, it's-
0: you're skipping to, like, halfway through the movie. Or two- I thought thir- we are talking
1: about the half. <laughs> first half of the movie. See,
0: you've already forgotten what we're talking about. No, just up until the proposal. And
1: anyways, I-, I thought that the effects that they had for the robots were cool, though, too. Like, when they were introducing them in the first part, when Denomino... Mm-hmm. Denomino. Yeah, that guy. When he uh, was uh, invading their school area there, and the robots, like, kind of took the skin off their face i thought that was really cool yeah and i thought that actually was pretty forward probably for the time i don't know
0: yeah well i mean the first movie you can look at the effects and some of it looks cool in an 80s way but i mean it's very clearly 80s effects uh and they even use some stock footage of some scenes just because the budget was slow the budget was definitely higher on this one and i think when we get to station later on that's some cool effects there
1: Well, i think the budget should be lower so that he can't wear as many clothes
0: okay jamie well (laughs) let's talk about the other clothes because
2: i mean that whole like scene at the beginning was so gross though with all the like i was so grossed out when they like took off their skin
0: wow you really get grossed out easily we should have done gremlins too oh no
2: i don't know i just thought that was so gross that they're peeling their faces off i don't know i just thought it was weird Mm
0: -hmm.
1: have you ever watched like jeepers creepers no you'd probably be horrified
0: Just out of curiosity, let's go around the table. This is Halloween month, and we have basically just covered funny stuff. We have not covered any real horror. Uh, But what is the—not even your favorite, but what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Jamie.
1: Oh, that's a really good question. You asked me first.
0: Uh, You're probably going to say Prometheus.
1: (laughs) No, like, that's honestly—like, I don't know what it is, but, like, your typical horror movies are— Things that you can consider scary, like even The Exorcist, that type of stuff. It doesn't freak me out nearly as much as those Prometheus alien movies with them exploding from your stomach and stuff. That's so creepy.
0: But is that the scariest movie you've ever seen, or can you think of something that scared you more?
1: Uh, honestly, that's probably the scariest movie ever. When I was a kid, what scared me the most was Chucky. I was horrified <laughs> of dolls for ages, but I mean, now it's no big deal. It's hilarious. They're funny to watch, but... <laughs>
0: I was going to ask, does it comfort you that the last couple of child's play Chucky movies have filmed entirely in Winnipeg and that you know that Chucky is within city limits every couple of years?
1: Yeah, but they're like funny movies. They're not meant to be scary. The last one ever since, what is it? The Bride of Chucky? That was the first funny one.
0: I don't, I, I, I thought they were all funny. That's just me though. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, yeah, it honestly would probably be like those alien movies. That'd probably be the scariest thing for me.
0: Rossi, is there a particular movie that scares you more than others?
2: I don't watch many scary movies, like horror movies, Mm -hmm. typically. Um, So out of the ones I've seen, like the scariest was probably like Alien. See,
0: I'm not weird. Well, you are kind of because you watched Alien with me and were fine with it. And then you watched Prometheus and you were covering your eyes.
1: It was just... I don't know. It's just... It bothered me. It made me feel uneasy.
0: Mine's kind of a weird one, and it's going to be the the most obscure reference ever. Uh, I'll just start by saying I mentioned this on other podcasts. Really, there's nothing that scares me. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, I'm fearless. I'm I'm saying as far as movies go, I kind of just approach them differently. I don't look at them getting into the stories. I I just look at it as like, well, I wonder how they made this. Uh, But there was one movie... (laughs) With Richard Gere, called the Mothman Prophecies. I've never seen it. I know you haven't. It's maybe we should do an anniversary month of the Mothman Prophecies, a bonus episode. Who knows? But movie came out like I think 15 years ago or something, and there was just something. It, it's not like you know your jump scare movie. It's not your gross out horror. It was just really eerie and uh, kind of confusing. And most people consider it a great movie, but it probably didn't help that I saw that I think at a midnight show, and then I walked the, home. Nice burp. Yeah. Recovery sorry there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeez you pig Um, (laughs) but I walked home and it was like it wasn't it would be different if you walked down residential areas but when you're walking and there's basically no houses around it's a little bit eerie so something about that movie was always unsettling for me but uh, no nothing really scary (laughs) other than that except for maybe Easter ba- basket stuff that's going to come up.
1: Oh my goodness, yeah, like when the rabbit's taunting him and he's like, you took Deacon's Easter basket. Yeah. It was so creepy for me when I was yeah. a kid.
0: Do you want to just talk about the end of the movie while we're here or do you want to wait until we get to those parts? So
1: creepy. So <laughs> creepy.
0: Um. So very quickly, evil robot Bill and Ted, they land at the Circle K, which this is a bit of a throwback to... Bill and Ted's excellent adventure when Rufus landed right in front of Bill and Ted at the Circle K. And he had that line, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Uh, And they're aiming for a cat, which comes up a couple of times later on, showing how sadistic these evil robot Bill and Ted's are. Uh, And then they have uh, Bill and Ted as they're saying goodbye to the girls. And they have this comment about, uh, you know, maybe one of these days our girlfriends will actually sleep over. Our girlfriends are most chaste. And then it says, yeah, but at least they're not dating our dads. (laughs) Uh, And they get in the house, and then immediately uh, their girlfriends are on the phone. It's like, how did you call us so fast? And it's basically evil evil robot Bill and Ted breaking up with Bill and Ted. They they have this master plan to get them and kill them. And I don't know why it needed to be that they needed their girlfriends to break up with them. Well, I guess they kind of just needed to lure them away, but it wouldn't have been that hard. They're dumb. Uh, They break up with Bill and Ted, or Bill and Ted break up with Bill and Ted posing as their girlfriends and uh they sit down and they watch star trek now uh i have never seen every episode of star trek but i think this is a famous episode of star trek uh and the location i think is what was cool and uh this location rossi did you even catch that the episode they're watching the location that you see that they go to when they kill bill and ted later on
2: i saw that like i saw the parallel but i was more confused i was like is that an episode they made for the show? Like, was that an episode of Star Trek yeah, that was, like... Yeah, it was like,
0: a real episode. And I guess they said, oh, hey, okay. when they were making movies, they said, hey, let's go to this location. And then when they went to the location, saying, hey, let's duplicate the shot. But yeah, yeah I was just always wondered was if strange. anybody caught that. Because I saw this as a kid, and it probably took, like, about 10 times before I caught, wait, I think this is the same place they were watching on TV. I uh,
2: mean, they kind of spell it out, like for, the adult, like, for any adult that would be watching. They kind of, like...
0: Yeah, for any adult.
2: Explicitly show the exact same thing, like the same exact shot like the camera pans the same way like
0: yeah not children because children are dumb as we're learning um exactly (laughs) so evil robot bill and ted show up at depressed real bill and ted's house and uh they're basically saying you know we we're going to take you to the girls i think they said they just could have just gotten the follow this is again a bit of a joke because in bill and ted's excellent adventure when rufus is trying to tell them hey i have this time machine they're like well how can we trust this guy and then Bill and Ted, from about two days later, come back and meet Bill and Ted at the beginning of their excellent adventure and say, you know, hey, you need to trust this guy. So this is like, they're just like, hi, how's it going, Bill? Hey, how's it going, Ted? Like, they're just old friends or whatever. Uh, they lure them into a van, <laughs> drive them out into the middle of the desert, and this is where they turn on them. So Evil Robot Bill and Ted become Evil Robot Bill and Ted. And when they're basically saying, like, you know, it's, it's cold back here. Can we get some heat? They're like, shut up, losers. <laughs> and then my, one of my favorite lines of the movie is just the sincerity that they deliver it with, where Ted says, Bill, that other you is a real jerk. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, i got to remember to be more considerate towards myself when I become him. <laughs> so they get them out of the van. They say, well, the girls aren't here, but we're totally going to kill you. You know, they take them up to the top of the cliff. They drop them off the cliff bill and ted are dead um not after they hawk loogies on each other and uh we're introduced to the grim reaper so we'll just uh i guess cover this first grim reaper scene here because here's the star of the movie Uh, oh
1: he's awesome he's so good and and the way that he's introduced it's great it's like ted it's the grim reaper dude oh how's it hanging death yeah (laughs) (laughs) he just doesn't
0: even care they're always so formal um I, I want to start by saying William Sadler, who plays the Grim Reaper. I had never seen him anything before this because I was a kid. But, you know, Rossi and I were talking about Die Hard last week. And he has a Die Hard connection. Because I don't know, Rossi, you said you're a fan of Die Hard. Have you seen the other movies in the franchise or just the first one?
2: No, I've seen them all. I just, I can't, I can't place who the guy was, though.
0: Yeah, he's in the, the movie. he's the villain in Die Hard. So the guy who plays Death is William Sadler, who plays the villain in Die Hard 2. And I think the most famous scene of him is uh, when he's introduced, he's watching news in a hotel, his hotel room, and he's completely nude doing some type of yoga or martial art yoga or something like that. And I even told Jamie, I'm like, you wouldn't believe it because he's got these baggy robes. But like, He has like one of the most ripped physiques you've ever seen. Uh, Jamie couldn't have cared less. She's more interested in Keanu Reeves having too much clothes on.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: But anyways, William Sadler is amazing. I think he's going to be our main talking point here. Uh, just how serious he is, and he transitions to getting really goofy. Like, it doesn't start right away. Bill and Ted basically, you know, say, you know, uh, can you bring us back to life? He goes, you can challenge me to a contest. Uh, you know, what if we win? Uh, it's like nobody's ever won. Hey, we got to ditch this guy. They give him a wedgie, which I guess in 1991 or 1988 or wherever was called a Melvin, uh, which becomes something. Why are you looking up topless men on your... Oh, you're looking up William Sadler shirtless. No, see, I'll I'll pull it up on the computer while we're talking here, <laughs> Jamie. Ro- Rossi, can you do you believe these are the things that go on when we record every episode? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think Ben's not <laughs> surprised either. Um,
1: Keanu Reeves is like the star of my Pinterest man candy board.
0: <laughs> which is not the first time that's been mentioned on here either. Uh, yeah. So let's just cover it rossi i'll let you talk first as i show jamie what i'm talking about here but there's
1: some really nice pictures of him and oh, his underwear
0: <laughs> okay anyways rossi let's go through that uh uh next section there the death of bill and ted and the introduction of the grim reaper
2: um yeah i thought it was weird i was really confused about the whole thing like when they i was like oh they actually did die I was really confused because I was expecting like some sort of really stupid like time wormhole to like open up and yeah. they were saved and they fell through this hole and they landed safely or something. I was kind of shocked that they actually did them. <laughs> die. Like I was not expecting them to die. So credit to the movie for not, you know, for throwing me off my game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I thought that. It was, I don't know. I thought it was weird that they were like all of a sudden able to possess people and like, you know, scare people. And we got one of the worst like effects in the entire movie when they were at their girlfriend's place and the girls just walked right through them.
0: Oh, yeah. It was so
2: awful. <laughs> like, I've never seen any effect like look worse. Like, I saw the green of the green screen. It was so bad. Um, I don't know. There wasn't really much happening except that they like, is this where they like, like punch the the Grim Reaper guy and then run away or yeah, something?
0: Yeah, that's basically what we're up to. That was,
2: yeah, that was funny too. Like I just thought it was, it was a weird bunch of segments like that happened here.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you kind of brought up the fact they really killed them too because this movie, I mean, it was different in 1991. There wasn't YouTube or whatever, and plus I was a kid. I wasn't you know just you know, staying up around the clock waiting for uh, trailers to come on TV or whatever. But, I mean, I heard about this movie, you know, just people would say, oh, they're making a Bill and Ted too," and you see posters when you go to the theater or whatever. Uh, but I don't even remember ever seeing a trailer for this. I just remember seeing TV spots when it was at maybe two weeks before it came out. So I knew nothing about this. The only thing I knew was that people would say before it came out, Bill and Ted are going to die in this movie. And I tried to figure out what that even meant. And when you see the trailers, I looked at the trailers yesterday... Even that, it kind of presents it as like, well, are they really dead, or you know, is it some type of weird sci-fi explanation? But it's kind of a clever idea to kill the main characters and have them actually going through the afterlife in this one, as opposed to just a time travel storyline. Uh, and it's a bit darker than you expect them to go. But I mean, I always, I always like that this movie took a completely different direction from the first, even though it feels like the same movie. My i'm supposed to
1: say something again
0: i don't know you're part of the conversation i, was just I don't want if you to interrupt to
1: people and be rude i took I want... pictures
0: off the screen thinking that you would pay more attention i
1: want people to like me okay yeah. um
0: the, the the whole sequence we talked about there the death of bill and ted death
1: yeah i thought it, i thought it was actually really cool by the way um their their makeup that they had on the their face i thought it was very clear that they were actually supposed to be dead because mm-hmm. they didn't change anything else around them really like for the color
0: well i think they did change the color for i mean it's it's yeah i kind of get what you mean they made them look black and white and everything else just looks faded yeah yeah it yeah. wasn't so much makeup more just uh, an effect an optical effect but yeah
1: i don't know so yeah i liked it
0: well am i glad i picked this movie this week <laughs> lots of opinions we're talking about I've death watched, so I, what about death
1: i watched it for keanu reeves and then the death guy was like the funniest most entertaining part of it come on
0: okay well i mean we haven't gotten much depth at this point but i did show you the video his martial arts yoga naked from die hard Two. um anything you had, want to comment on that let's he, let's talk about since keanu reeves has a shirt on for up, this whole movie shut up let's talk about somebody else who's shirtless william sadler
1: okay well the guy himself isn't particularly attractive in the face but I mean everything from the neck down looks nice
0: <laughs> and Bill and Ted came like a year later so I mean he's kind of on a roll I guess at this point uh it's probably where his role he, ended he, but...
1: he probably has a role <laughs> in that video All right, <laughs> he has a robot chubby <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh
0: so Bill and Ted they run away from the Grim Reaper And they start making their way back to the city. Uh, The evil robot Bill and Ted decide not to take the van. They stole a Porsche. Uh, So the first place that Bill and Ted go is they show up at the police station. So Ted's dad was uh, the... I don't think he was the chief of police. He's like the captain. or He's a captain or something like that. Yeah. And he's holding just a briefing here with all the police officers. And this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, where it's not even Bill and Ted that are the stars. This is Ted's dad and whoever it is that plays the... uh, Uh, the other guy here, uh, the co-captain or whatever. So they're like, we got to figure out how to, you know, get word to the princesses and all that. And they figure, well, let's possess my dad. He's a police officer. People will listen to a police officer. So Ted jumps off of a desk, ghost Ted, uh, possesses his dad, which I just have to say, the guy who plays his dad, I don't even know this actor's name, nor do I know if I've seen him in anything else. He gives the most incredible Keanu Reeves impression here. It's, it, it, you could just imagine that if, if Keanu Reeves was wearing a costume of an old man, this would have been Keanu Reeves. Like, it's absolutely incredible the way that he delivers his lines and how he gets it. But we get some of the fun lines who are like, I totally possess my dad. And when they do the air guitar and Bill's is a regular air guitar and then the dad's is like some folksy, uh, what are you doing, James? I'm not even <laughs> going to tell people what you're doing right now can <laughs> you just focus
1: i'm sorry i don't have adhd but...
0: <laughs> rossi i wonder if you often do things like in the middle of episodes and just completely tune out uh <laughs> if we had a camera would we be seeing anything odd that shouldn't be mentioned on the air
2: um just uh disinterested look
0: okay <laughs> which i assume is probably your regular look most of the time am i right on that
2: it's accentuated because of the movie
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to some of the really good stuff here.
1: I'm not on video, right?
0: No, you're not on video. No, no, no. She, she had this really worried look on her face there for a second. Um, but anyways, so but they they possess the no, dad. Like, you're not on video. Just let me finish the you're episode. You're embarrass <laughs> I embarrassing. It's not like she was picking her nose, people. I
1: wasn't picking up my nose. I was looking at my nose. <laughs>
0: I was looking at my boobs. Don't, you don't have to mention it on air. Do you want me to edit that part out or do you want me to keep this in the episode? I'm totally I, confused.
1: I don't care, I'm just, I'm just distracted.
2: <laughs> as long as there's no video.
0: <laughs> Anyways, go oh, on with the episode. My. So, it gets better where even though Ted's dad does like the best Ted impression ever, uh, when Bill jumps into the co-captain, that, that guy's just not even trying at all. Like, I totally believe you, dude. <laughs> and then when they're just uh, like, I don't think they believe us. Well, let's try something else. They walk out, catch you later, cop dudes. And you just hear the guys kind of like mock them, Yeah, catch you later. Uh, when they walk out, they leave their dad's or the dad and the other guy and they're just completely lost. Uh, so the next thing they do is they show up at a seance and this is where Missy is there's really no other point other than the joke of Missy marrying everybody. There's no other point to Missy being in this movie. There certainly isn't uh, a point to her being in this scene other than we've got the actress back, let's use her. To look down her shirt. To look down her shirt, basically, yeah. Which is what Jamie was just doing. That's
2: what you, it was. She was recreating the scene.
0: Yeah, exactly. She's starting to mime everything here. She I was
1: doing it subconsciously. She's going to be knowing. giving herself
0: a Melvin by the end of this episode. Oh,
1: my goodness. You, okay, I wanted to actually ask you, to, guys, do you know what that even is? I, it's I, a wedgie. Is it? Okay. Well,
0: what else do you think they do when they yank up their underwear and they go,
1: oh. Well, I don't know. I thought it was like a, a wedgie maybe on like, like, like the dick side. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Okay, so... Jamie again was probably staring at something else, either a shirtless man or her own chest, when I had the line not even three minutes ago where I said they give death a Melvin, which I guess was the 1988 or 1991 slang for a wedgie.
1: No, I know, but it was just, it's so weird, and I i thought that they, they pulled it. Oh, no, wait, I guess that would make sense, because I, I thought people gave wedgies, like, in the butt, but they pulled it in the front
0: yeah um rossi i'm gonna give you a chance to contribute here uh i just posted something in our chat there do you want to just contribute since you're like the research guy give us the definition of what melvin is
2: so i'm reading this thing
0: you can read it yes
2: is some uh, melvin in air quotes is something in air quotes given to nerds also known as a wedgie where someone's underwear is pulled up from behind well higher than the waist of their pants
0: now do you understand what a Melvin is? I
1: get it. I had, you know, I have seven brothers, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay. Wow. Well, um, so the seance, one bit of trivia here. The two writers of this movie, uh, Solomon and Matheson, who wrote the first part and this part, they cameo right here as the two men at the seance. And I just think the seance is hilarious that uh, they're just asking, who do you want to meet uh, who do you want us to call forward? And they're mentioning people like, you know, Gandhi and whatever. And what were some of the other ones? Jean- Clark Gable. And then the one lady's just all excited. President Chester A. Arthur.
1: Wasn't one of them like Celine
0: Dion? No, none of them were Celine Dion.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> there was Charlemagne in there.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's, what it
1: was. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, oh, Celine Dion probably wasn't even a star at this point.
0: Maybe just becoming a star. I don't know. Probably known in parts of Canada, nowhere else. Why are we talking about Celine Dion? Ben's not even on this episode, and we're talking about Celine Dion. She's
1: really gross. (laughs) Uh, Your heart will not go on. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Rossi, you're the only American contributor here. Uh, Who is President Chester A. Arthur?
2: I have no idea. Was it, I'm assuming not. Is that a, Was that a president?
0: Well, I'm, I'm guessing because they call him President Chester A. Arthur. Do you want to do some research? Well, what if he
2: was the president of, I don't know, a, a pharmaceutical company?
0: Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll find out who Chester A. Arthur is. Totally, I
1: actually I totally Uh-oh. thought that Rossi was from, like, Vancouver or something.
0: <laughs> Rossi, are you anywhere near Vancouver?
2: Um, I'm on the same continent as Vancouver.
0: <laughs> as are we, Jamie. Uh- oh. <laughs> Look at that. We're pretty much living in the same place.
1: You can send okay. me, like, cool flavors of stuff from the States.
0: <laughs> or we can get it ourselves when we go there in three weeks. <laughs> uh, president Chester A. Arthur was the 21st. 20- the 21st. Yeah, yeah,
2: 21st U.S. president who died in 1886.
0: So, so What did he die of? I want to know. Are, um, they, are they calling up, you know, somebody who died of a tragic death here?
2: Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, da, 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 da. he became seriously ill and on November 16 he ordered his things to be burned he suffered cerebral hemorrhage and never regained consciousness
1: so what how many presidents are they up to now like what is what, is, what number is Trump
0: Rossi what number is Trump
2: he's like 45 hmm. yeah,
0: so like 45 presidents interesting yeah so glad we talked about the President of the United States here. Uh, so at the <laughs> seance, um, they uh, basically start swirling around as ghosts. It's like, uh, Bill and Ted, Bill, or it's like uh, his most excellent friend, Bill, were murdered. And uh, Missy just gets the idea this is an evil spirit. She pulls out the, what was it called? The, the Book of Forbidding Spirits or something mm-hmm. like that. And they cast a spell uh, which I believe the trivia for this is something like, it's another reference to Chris Matheson, Ed Solomon. It's something like Chris and Ed rule the world pronounced backwards or something like that. Uh, so if anybody wanted to tag the end of this episode or, uh, send us the clip of this, uh, let's just play it backwards maybe. And we'll hear Chris and Ed rule the world. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, so they end up getting sucked into a vortex and they fall all the way to eternity. So we'll leave all the stuff after that as one grouping. Uh, the possession scene and the seance scene. Rossi, anything you want to add on these? Are you enjoying the movie a little bit more or are you just even more confused here?
2: Um, I thought the seance scene was fine. It was completely unnecessary. It was just there for the cameo, like the writers or whatever. Um, but I thought it was fine. Like... But it, it was, like, no movement in the movie at this point. Like, nothing had changed. Like, they died, and they're still around. They haven't gone to heaven yet to figure out what they're going to do. Like, yeah. There was no, like, story movement. So, I mean, it was kind of boring, but, like, honestly, these scenes were probably better than some of the later ones, so.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the second. I actually prefer the second half of this movie to the first half, but mean we'll cover that later. Uh, Jamie?
1: Um... I thought like them falling and stuff well, like Well, we'll that. cover
0: that next. So
1: That's what you were just talking about. I
0: said we'll stop before we get to the falling.
1: I was just going <laughs> to say seance, I was just going to say that's the way that I feel about what we're doing. I feel like it's forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's just talk about the falling scene then, okay? Um, Bill and Ted fall and it's just them screaming as they fall in this dark hole. Ah!
1: Favorite parts the one where they actually are playing games with death is that later? Yes, oh, Uh. okay, you're annoying, stop it.
0: (laughs) And they get so bored of falling, like this is a really deep hole, which is again one of my favorite scenes in the movie here. And then they're eventually just floating as they go further and further. It's like, you want to play 20 questions? And of course, the 20 uh, it's just this absurd thing where maybe Bill and Ted are somehow brilliant. He goes, "Are you a mineral? Yeah. Are you a tank?" And he gets it right away. <laughs> it's just a tank, and I don't understand if it's just some in joke or is just saying, "Well, they're secretly brilliant that they can do 20 questions and get it on the first try." Uh, they eventually land in hell, and they're floating around in what looks like a mining colony, you know, from some alien world, and they're saying, "Well, where are we?" It's like, "I think we're in hell. We totally got lied to by our album covers." <laughs> And they see the devil, they get his attention, and he starts luring them towards him. They start realizing he's about to throw them into a furnace or something. Uh, so they climb up, and there is a deleted scene, which appears in the trailers here, uh, where the the devil's like dangling a rat or something like that in front of them. And I, I'm sure there was no point to it being in the movie. Uh, but they end up, you know, going through this uh, gauntlet where... You're not sure what it is. There's all these different tunnels. They go into the first one, and then Colonel Oates is there. So this is the military academy guy we had earlier. And uh, one of my favorite lines of the movie is when they give. He says, "Get down and give me infinity," and they start giving the push-ups. And they're of course terrified of this guy. And he's like, "I don't think I could do infinity push-ups." He goes, "Maybe he'll let them do us, or maybe he'll let us do them girly style." Uh, they eventually bail on him. Just like they're very good at bailing on people in this movie.
1: They're just good at bailing in general.
0: Yeah. Bill and Ted run out. They're like, well, maybe we should split up. So they split up, and Bill goes into one room, and it's a birthday party. And it's just—the way it's presented is so eerie. It just looks bizarre. It looks creepy. It looks like something out of your nightmare. There is some clever stuff in this movie. And you just see his hideous-looking grandmother, which was played by Alex Winter as well. He played his own grandmother here. But it's Bill as a kid. So now it's like some repressed memory of this terrifying grandmother asking for a kiss— uh, and then you cut to Ted's, and it's again a very eerie looking house, and there's a kid version of Ted, and it's Easter morning, and he sees you know this basket full of chocolate, and he starts eating all of it, and then the Easter bunny shows up. Now this is Jamie's real life nightmare: a talking Easter rabbit, uh, rabbit, shows up and starts saying, "You stole Deacon's Easter basket."
1: It's just the, the eyes and the voice on the thing was creepy. <laughs> it's like burn it with fire like like kill it seriously
0: um,
1: it's in hell for a reason it's terrifying
0: <laughs> Rossi which was more terrifying the Easter Bunny or Bill's grandmother okay,
1: can you please just reference it by Easter Bunny demon
0: <laughs> what was more terrifying Easter Bunny demon or Bill's grandmother
2: it was close it's a really tough competition to determine what's worse I think I was more creeped out by the bunny, the, the bunny demon. Mm-hmm. But I was more, like, grossed out at the grandma scenes. That was just, like, creepy and, like, pervy. And it was just weird. Uh, I know. I, she, I didn't she, like she, either. she
1: needs a wax job on her lip, hey? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> her her lip hair is, like, longer than my eyebrows. It's disgusting.
0: Uh, Did you have... Your own like terrifying childhood thing. Was it a grandmother? Was it uh an evil rabbit? Rossi, do you have can you share with us here for Halloween month any terrifying experiences you had as a child?
2: Um It wasn't as a child, but it was more recently. I had to watch this movie.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jamie, what was like your worst uh memory as a child, your your childhood fear?
1: Uh I wouldn't really call it a fear, but it was one of the things that stuck out um, for me is I was playing and I had this like, um, I don't know how you'd describe it, I guess like a chest with a lid on it. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you spilling your water? Why is it funny? <laughs> because you, 10 minutes ago, were staring at your own chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. that is You're funny. talking about
0: a different kind of chest, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a chest with a lid on it. Now I get why that's funny. Okay, and so I had uh, books and stuff in there, but it was pretty much empty because being a kid, I took out everything that I wanted to play with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I took out everything I wanted to play with. (laughs) I'm just taking myself into a deeper hole. Okay. um, And so anyway, so I crawled in there uh, in the chest, (laughs) and I uh, accidentally had had the top fall, and it was one of those that... um, it had, like, the... You could basically lock it if you wanted to, like... Latch. It, it had a latch there. And so, obviously, then, if you did fall inside, it would be harder to... Um, harder to actually open it up. And so, I remember I was just absolutely terrified because I fell into this chest and I was... Kicking and, and trying to punch and stuff like that to get out of it, and I was screaming for probably like a good five minutes before my mom actually came and got me out of it, and then she got me something to drink and she was hugging me. <laughs> it was pretty traumatic.
0: <laughs> I love that we even got the rescue story in there and what your treat was. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I I always remember food and drinks and stuff. I'm all about that.
0: Have I mentioned yet about my childhood fear of costumes? I think I mentioned that in the Charlie Brown one, right, Rossi?
2: Um, we could use a refresher.
0: Uh, well, as a kid, when, uh, somebody explained to me what Halloween was, I, you know, thought it sounded really cool. You get to dress up or whatever. And then I had never seen a costume before. So I was maybe two or three years old and, uh, my mom came home and I remember sitting in the living room and I was watching TV and well, I shouldn't say living room. We were living in a tiny farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, a little house in the prairie style without an indoor bathroom, just because my dad was weird like that. Had like a seventy thousand dollar a year salary. Decides to live two hours outside of the city with no plumbing. And
1: you're talking. This about is not
0: my nightmare, by 000, the way. Seventy
1: thousand dollars, like in nineteen in the late eighties. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And he decides he wants to live. This isn't the nightmare part. It's just to demonstrate how weird my childhood was. Anyways, I'm sitting in the only room in the house, and my mom walks in, and she's like, "Hey, Colin, look, we got the costume," and I'm all excited. I could still remember like smiling. Yeah, let me see. And she holds it up, and it's a Care Bears costume with the mask and I look at it and I scream and I hide under a blanket for half an hour as they're trying to coax me out of the blanket saying it's okay just try it on and eventually like look we'll have your sister try it on and she puts her mask on and I look at her and I scream even more and (laughs) hide under the blanket and I had this weird thing where I thought if you put it on you were going to have that face forever and I I was too young to really understand what it was so I refused to go out and uh, you know my sister brought me home some candy I remember that. The following year, I think I actually went out, but it was a mask. It was a clown's mask or whatever. It was just like a cheap kid's costume. And for whatever reason, my mom decided to keep that clown's mask right by my bed. So I would go to bed at night and I would see this clown's mask. Now, during the day, it was fine. But at night, you're looking at it like it looks like, you know, Pennywise the clown now. (laughs) And uh, I'm probably here, what, maybe three years old. And I'm just staring at this thing. I can remember I always, from like youngest age, had trouble sleeping and I would be up at like 2, 3 in the morning just staring at this thing for an hour and a half not willing to move, just terrified of this clown's mask sitting there like it was going to come to life so if we were in Bill and Ted's version of hell uh, I would be seeing clown masks and Care Bear masks because that was my childhood fear Jamie would be locked in a chest (sighs) and Rossi, what was yours again? this movie yeah, that's right (laughs) Ross, you'll be watching <laughs> Bill and Ted's bogus journey over and over again.
1: Okay, so so that was a good. That's story. my hell. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a good story. But yeah. let's give the people honesty now that yeah. that's not your biggest fear. Your biggest fear. There's one thing. Well, there's one thing that's not really. No, a fear. we've talked about
0: this on other episodes. It's not a fear. There,
1: hold on, hold on. There's one thing that's not really a fear, but just something that highly bothers you. Like it just disgusts you, which is a ripped paper but that's yeah. not that's not even where i was going let's be honest now it's actually balloons colin is like that's
0: not a fear though that's just oh. i don't want a balloon popping in my face so i will avoid balloons that's oh. not like i sit there awake at night like there's a balloon on the other side of the room the balloon's gonna get me
1: uh you know what if there was a balloon in a room you probably would be like that no <laughs> yeah yeah because when there's balloons around or whatever you're like no don't get it near me
0: uh, she's pretty much over-exaggerating. It's still clown masks and Care Bear masks, <laughs> but uh, I know what I'm dressing
1: up as for Halloween.
0: All right, <laughs> probably nothing because we're working that day. <laughs> um, so, just wrapping this whole sequence up, or we'll just talk about uh, uh, just this sequence here before we get back to death. So they come out of here, and they're basically saying we're in our own personal hell and the devil appears again, he's saying, you know, you have to choose your eternity, and they say there's only one way out of this, we got to play the Reaper, and the Grim Reaper appears again, like the hero of the story he is. Uh, so, Rossi, talk to us about falling in the Eternal Pit and the entire Hell sequence.
2: Um, it was, okay, I don't, know, it was, I, don't I don't like this scene, these scenes really, I thought it was like, it just seemed to go on forever, and they kind of were the same thing over and over again. Um, it didn't really make sense why all of a sudden they were in hell. <laughs> to me, like, it, it just seemed kind of well, weird. Well, Missy
0: banish them there? That's her purpose for the seance.
2: Yeah, but I, I just think it was pointless. Like, it seemed to do nothing except... And then all of a sudden they show up in heaven, like, because they beat death at games. Like, I know where I'm getting ahead, but, like... <sighs> I don't know. The transitions of this movie were weird. And...
1: I know. I'm with Rossi. I found it pointless of it, too.
0: As you sat there laughing harder than I laughed throughout most of the movie. This is where Jamie changes her opinion so she can agree with somebody and disagree. No,
1: I was I was saying that the part where um they were um playing games with death, like that part was funny how he was being such a bad loser. But like the whole hell sequence, like honestly... It's
0: one of the highlights of the movie
1: i don't know even when they're in heaven and they got these like like alien looking things it's like well what was the
0: point of that we'll get there uh rossi continue
2: i just thought i don't know this isn't like the type of stuff that i find funny normally like i thought that it was like some of the funniest stuff was late like i thought it was i'm getting ahead but i thought it was funny when they took the they beat up those wise people for their outfits or whatever and like them talking to god was funny like i thought that was funnier than this whole like okay. hell sequence so, like it just wasn't amusing to me
0: we're just going through all of these parts where i'm like this movie just keeps getting better and better and they're like no no can we talk about the next one so fine let's move on to the next part uh, they play the grim reaper and of course this is supposed to be like a challenge i don't know is this some fable like rossi do you have any information on if this is a real thing that the grim reaper you're supposed to challenge to a contest
2: Well, um all right, so I'm going to make a reference to a show that I watched when I was a child,
0: okay,
2: um, or when I was younger, maybe not a child, but um so there's the show called "The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy," in which there's the these two kids, and they beat um the Grim Reaper in a contest, and as a result, he has to spend the rest of his life with them, and I was like, well that that's kind of the exact same thing where they beat the Grim Reaper in contest. And so I'm guessing it's some sort of theme, like it's been addressed in other shows and iterations of stuff. So I don't know the lore of it, but it's not unusual. I've seen it, definitely seen it before.
0: Jamie just kind of whispered to me that she has seen that show before. So
1: A really long time ago, but I actually forgot about it. Now it makes me want to watch
0: it again because it was a really good show. Coming next week to the Oz Network. (laughs) Rossi, were you a fan of the show or...
2: Um I'm definitely more of a fan of it now than when I was younger just cuz it was one of the more like grosser darker like is more like aligned with the Simpsons and things like that than it was like you know like SpongeBob or something So like I, I definitely like was a little more scared of it as a child but now I think I really have appreciation for it
0: Well I mean the Grim Reaper now we get our chance to talk about the star of the movie here uh William Sadler uh cuz they end up playing the Grim Reaper Uh, when he says choose your game or whatever they play him at Battleship so come back and he's like J-19 they're like hit miss and it's just the delivery he has like I just I don't know how many times any time that I have played Battleship from when this movie came out when I was a kid until now uh, I will always try to quote the line you have sunk my Battleship Uh, not to mention the quote I had later on for the other one so they actually beat him at Battleship and I will say I think the trailer spoiled this like I can watch this movie now, and it's just... Just the timing of, you know, we got to play the Reaper, and then they're just playing board games with them. It's so funny each time. And even just the games they come up with. Like, you don't know what the game is right away. Like, especially when they get to Clue after that. You know, he's just reading a card. You're like, what is he doing? And it's like, I say Colonel Mustard did it in the study with the candlestick. And it's like, you were wrong. It was Professor Plum. I said Plum. I was like, you said Mustard, dude. I was actually thinking Rossi would... Like that part of the movie Because
1: it's referencing Clue
0: That's yeah. That's the whole reason this came up We were gonna do Gremlins 2 Which maybe that would have been Better or worse for Rossi I don't know But it turned to Let's give you a choice and do this Because of the Clue thing um, They play some type of like Tabletop football It just keeps leading to Every time it beats them It's like best 2 out of 3 Best 3 out of 5 Best of 7 And uh, finally it gets to Twister So uh, he has to put like Right foot on green Or something like that And the Grim Reaper can't do it and he basically says, "Fine, I'll take you back now." After losing four straight games to these guys, uh, and they say, "You know, we need to make a stop first. You know, can you uh, take us somewhere? You, you beat me, I'm at your command." There's a funny line here where they're trying to be complimentary of him to, to the Grim Reaper, and he just wants to have no partners. Like, you got a lot to learn about sportsmanship, man. <laughs> this is the way that they talk to people like it doesn't. They're not even like, "Oh, it's the Grim Reaper. You got a lot to learn about sportsmanship." Um, after this, they show up in heaven. So we're talking about the two sequences that have been mentioned by everybody that they actually want to talk about here. So maybe I'll try not to cover everything. So he takes them to heaven because they need somebody to help them build robots to fight the evil robot versions of them. So now the plot's back on here. Uh, as they get to the gates in heaven, they're saying only the most enlightened souls will enter. Uh, they basically grab three people and beat them up to steal their clothes. And then Ted has a line. He's like, we're in heaven. We just mug three people. And Bill says, we better get out of here before we ruin it for everybody. (laughs) And um, as they're trying to get in, they're like, what is the meaning of life? And they quote, every rose has its thorn. Uh, Death is dressed as a lady here, which they have a a little bit of fun with. Uh, As they go up to meet God, (laughs) and they're saying, this lovely lady here is the Grim Reaper. Just the look that he gives them is priceless. Uh, and my f- favorite part here, where they say, congratulations on Earth, it's a most excellent planet that Bill and I enjoy on a daily basis. <laughs> and then they basically say, we need somebody, the greatest scientist you have. He said, station. Uh, they're roaming around heaven looking for the station guy. They find out it's two really weird-looking aliens that look like they belong in, like, ghoulies or something like that. And, uh, they're just like, deaths like you assume they would have been human? Yeah. And, uh, this is the one joke I never get. So they're playing charades in Heaven. You got Albert Einstein, and I don't know the other characters, if anybody else recognizes the other characters there. Uh, but they're playing charades, and Station is saying it's a movie or whatever, and it's like nine words, and I don't know why, but the Grim Reaper says, uh, what does he say? Um, uh, Butch in Sundance, the early years. And everybody goes quiet. It's like an inappropriate thing, and I don't get the joke. Uh, so... I doubt Jamie's going to be able to help me on this because she was just counting the words, realizing that's not nine words. Uh, Rossi, do you understand that joke at all?
2: No, I'm trying to look up the uh, like the movie and see if there's some sort of connection to anything.
0: The only thing I can, like, as far as the words go, the full title of the movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid the Early Years, is nine words, uh, but... I don't get why that's a joke and why it's inappropriate. You know, the the it ends up being something Smokey and the Bandit 3, Smokey is the Bandit, which I guess is the full title of that. I don't know what you're doing right now, Jamie, but you're being very distracting again.
1: I'm sorry.
0: She was scratching her face on my shoulder. (laughs) Can I just let's forget about podcasting, Rossi. What if I just narrated everything Jamie does in the background on every episode we're doing?
2: That could be its episode in itself. (laughs)
0: Um, Station agrees to come with them. So they're on their way back to Earth now. So we'll get into the final act after this. So let's talk about the Grim Reaper playing all the games and uh, the heaven sequence. Rossi.
2: Honestly, I think this was probably the best sequence of the movie for Agreed. me. Um, this is the part where I was like, I actually enjoy this part. Like, this part's funny. There's nothing stupid. <laughs> over the Nothing stupid, like over the top stupid kind of stuff where they have to like hit you on the head to you get it. Like I felt that like this had the most humor. I love the you sunk my battleship and stuff. <laughs> and like best out of seven. And, yeah. That's just too funny. And then um the whole you mentioned the quote about Earth is a great planet <laughs> <right> <laughs> on a daily basis. That is so funny. And then Jamie mentioned earlier about like see you later or whatever that the, when they leave
0: yeah catch you later god or yeah, something
2: <laughs> like I just thought that this is so funny and then they're like we beat up three wise people to get here like sorry <laughs> the whole thing is just such a like I don't think there's like one really bad scene in this entire segment that you oh, mentioned so good. like like if I had to rank this part alone this part's a buy like this segment here mm-hmm is pure by it's just too, it's funny it's got great moments like i think everything works so well in this segment aside from that joke that no one can understand
0: yeah i even tried to look it up last night and i couldn't find any theories online as to what this joke is
1: okay but did did they actually need to go into heaven though cuz even with the ending where well, they're like well we'll we'll just time travel and we'll just give ourselves this and give ourselves this and stuff like that and i i just kept thinking like if they died and they actually just came back to earth and they didn't even have aliens with them they could just time travel go go forward to the future to to Uh, when they could actually build robots and then come back with them too yeah
0: um big problem with that they don't have a time machine in this movie
1: so how did they do that then at the end of the movie because
0: the time machine shows up with the anomalous oh that's right (laughs)
1: Oh, so they had no choice. What, That's what, right. But what if they ask God for a time machine
0: instead, <laughs> of ali- instead of aliens? Then they still don't have anything to defeat the evil robot versions of them.
1: No, but then they would go to the future to where they have the technology to actually build robots. Because But Denomalous se- is in the future. Se- seriously, like they built freaking like stupid <laughs> robots out of like dustbusters and col- like colanders. Yeah. So, wait, is colander a word?
0: yes it is it's a big strainer
1: yeah exactly (laughs) that's what i meant to say
0: this is we should just rename this show jamie guesses the english language
1: (laughs) (laughs) well no seriously but like you they're supposed to and i understand that they built them like you know just in such a short time period or whatever but it's like they're so
0: crappy looking. Well, like, well yeah, and, and we, they, we finally talked about the scenes that you wanted to talk about. And you're like, can we skip ahead to the next bit?
1: But, but I'm saying like for the robots, they really didn't serve any purpose. They're kind of useless.
0: They killed the other evil robot versions of them. Oh,
1: they didn't need them And this that. movie is
0: just about making everything as insane as it gets. I mean, the first movie, they traveled through time and had Abraham Lincoln and uh, Napoleon and Socrates and Joan of Arc. Doing an aerobics class, and uh, Genghis Khan tearing apart a sporting goods store. How do we top that? Let's have Bill and Ted versus evil robot Bill and Ted, uh, with good robot Bill and Ted's built out of Dustbusters and colanders. and let's have the Grim Reaper and two weird aliens that merge into one alien, and let's have an Easter nightmare and a grandmother nightmare, and let's have possession of their dads, and just whatever else we could throw in there. Is that too much to ask? For just a decent sequel.
1: And and was anybody else wondering earlier when the robots actually showed up, like, why they're drinking Pepsi and stuff like that? Wouldn't that, like, fry their circuits? How is a robot drinking Pepsi?
0: They're from the future. It's not... They're powered by electricity. They're powered by nuclear fusion, okay? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Can we talk about the robots when I get to it? Do you want to talk about heaven here? Or death? All the stuff you were begging to talk about for the last half hour? S- See you later, God. <laughs> Anything else to add on this? Me? Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know who you're talking to.
1: Um, no. Now it makes sense with the whole time machine thing. I kind of didn't think. That's about the that. next sequence. We'll get there. I just said it makes sense what you said.
0: Okay, but let's talk about the Grim Reaper games and the Heaven sequence. Don't fear
1: the Reaper. I heard that.
0: All right. Jamie's got nothing to add on the sequence that so she kept begging to talk about.
1: Oh, and what about like? What about when they were playing Twister and, and he had like the stinky feet, did you think? Oh that, yeah, where he puts his foot in his face. Did, you, did that remind you of anybody?
0: It did. I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name on the air. You can say it. That's I'm not saying it because then people will <laughs> tell me I'm a terrible husband.
1: No, you're not a terrible husband. It's fine. No, I I actually have I have really stinky feet. <laughs> Um, which is actually is really funny because Colin doesn't at all. Colin can run like a half marathon and, and take off his shoes and his socks or whatever. And he, his feet smell completely normal. Uh, but unfortunately, like, it is just something that is with me because Casper actually is exactly the same way. And yeah. Casper has stinky feet, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: So as soon as I saw it, and he was like, oh, death. Like, jeez.
0: And I was like, oh, that's totally me. <laughs> um. Rossi, can you remember how we got here?
2: <laughs> um, we got here after we watched Bush and Sundance, the early year, days. Okay,
0: right. Uh, so Jamie doesn't have anything to talk about other than her own stinky feet now.
2: <laughs> I will add a fun fact. I can add a fun fact. Go for it. Um, I'm looking at... I'm trying to, I was trying to find the parallel between the movie like that he lists out and the why it's a joke. Mm-hmm. But there's a character error here as the Reaper says Butch and Sundance the early years when the movie is actually called Butch and Sundance the early days.
0: Oh, that must have been it. <laughs> what, like, is there a better explanation than that? Somebody basically uh, said online, one of the theories I saw was saying, oh, well, the reason they looked at him weird is because that movie's supposed to be so bad that he should never mention it. And I'm like, well, I mean, the topic was Smokey and the Bandit 3, which I've never seen any of those movies, but I, I doubt that they're you know any worse than butch and sundance the early years um we need an answer on that from any of our listeners out there uh let's jump into the stuff back on earth now so we can give jamie an opportunity to jump towards the battle of the bands before we're ready to get there
1: oh man
0: <laughs> um so when they get back to earth they go to a hardware store uh or first of all they have the evil robot versions of them playing basketball with their head. Now, if there's one pointless scene in the movie, it's here. Because I tried to figure out why do we need to talk about this scene. For the most part, this movie does move forward the plot. But the evil ones playing basketball with each other's heads is just maybe a dumb joke. And then we have Denomalous showing up in the scene saying, you know, we need to ruin them more. They're like, well, they're already dead. It's like, why don't we destroy their relationships? You've already dumped their girlfriends, which, hey, we forgot to talk about that scene, Jamie. So why don't we talk about that here too? So... They bring them over and they had the the robot chubby comment that you loved when they looked at the pictures of the princesses. And yeah. then they're basically getting rapey with them on a bed. And they're asking them, like, what's wrong with you guys or whatever? And uh, uh, I, I wrote down the quote here, but you may, I had to rewind it to actually get what it was. Um, where the evil robots, of course, are the ones being rapey with them. And uh, they said something like, uh, you know, we used to be a bunch of puss weeds, and now we're made of metal. So get over here and put out. And you loved that joke for some reason.
1: Because it was just funny, and I kind of have, I don't know, a sick sense of humor, I guess, like that.
0: <laughs> Where evil robots will rape women?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just kept thinking about, like, the robot chubby, and I'm like... like... <laughs> how does this robot actually have a chubby? And the fact that it's called a chubby is hilarious. Like, a chubby. It's it's so funny.
0: Okay. Um, So they come back to life, but the evil robots are going to kidnap the princesses now. Why they need to do this, I don't know, because the girls have already stormed out on them, and they didn't even try to stop them.
1: Because they had to do something about their robot chubby.
0: But they're not doing anything. They're kidnapping them and getting ready to kill them. So... Yeah, some things in this movie don't really make sense. Well, yeah, uh,
1: because he looked at he looked at her picture and he said he had a robot chubby, so...
0: That was way earlier in the movie, and now we're later on, and he wants to destroy their relationship. So, real Bill and Ted take station to the Builder's Emporium, uh, which is the repository for earthly electronics and robot building materials. And I always love when Bill and Ted give these, like, really eloquent lines. Like, my favorite one in the first one is where they show up in medieval England and they're just looking for people to bring back to their history report. And they ask a guy, do you know are there are any personages of historical significance around here? It's like, it's not something that these airheads should be saying, but that's just funny to me. Uh, they get all the materials. They build the good robot versions of them, uh, which as Jamie pointed out, is just made of like scrap stuff you'd find in a hardware store. Dustbusters and colanders. I'm pretty sure, you know, the colanders were making up their chests. Uh <laughs> would be my guess
1: oh, okay enough with the chess reference <laughs>
0: well you brought it up uh and uh the what else was well, evil robot bill and ted kidnap the princesses because they're at missy's house bill says something like catch you later future wife uh station merges into one station which is cool the the two aliens blob together and it's kind of simple effects but i think the station effects are really cool and Station looks fun I mean it it is a weird alien they just had to throw something else bizarre out there for you but uh, let's before we even talk about the scenes Rossi. do you have an opinion on Station one way or the other
2: I was I don't know I didn't think it was that weird Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, another movie it reminded me a lot of Halloween Town Um, I don't know if either of you have seen that
0: no I know of it though
2: but like they had just really poor costumes for that (laughs) And it just kind of reminded me of that, like that's something you would see in that, in that movie. So I, it, it wasn't anything crazy to me. I thought it was weird that they transformed into a weird glob of mucus, almost. That was really gross. But
0: Jamie's looking I- up Ernest, scared stupid, because it reminds her of the troll from Ernest, Scared Stupid. I'm thinking, yeah. Okay. Well, do you have anything to add on station as I, a character?
1: I was just gonna say that I, I, I bet nine out of ten that. Um... The whole Blob thing really grossed Rossi out.
0: Did it gross you out? Blob station?
2: It was gross, but I don't think it grossed me out. Like, I was just like, okay, that's weird. Pointless, but whatever.
1: Rossi, didn't you know that's how babies are born? (laughs) (laughs) That explains
0: a lot. You could have told me that before Casper came and I would have bought it. Um, So the good robot usses, as they call them, are uh, created... And they do look hilarious. And I just like the cheap effects on them. I mean, it's, it's all so much fun. Just they have the remote controls and everything. And I, I love the back-forth conversation they have with Death here, the Grim Reaper, where uh, there is this station. You made great robots. And he's like, what about me? And it's like, uh, I helped with the shopping. I pushed the cart. I made the wigs. Like, he's getting all upset that this is where Death goes from being at the beginning of the movie, the most serious character who's kind of funny in a dry way to just being like completely over the top ridiculous. And William Mm Sadler is just brilliant with it. Uh, so they make a comment on Stations, butt here his massive alien, butt, and death gets upset, you know, because, uh, nobody's checking out his butt. (laughs) Um, and, uh, the robot fights with him. So the evil robots are about to go on stage as the last band. And, uh, Mrs. Wardrobe now asks, you know, oh, where's the girls? Oh, they're hanging from the rafters. We're totally going to kill them in the, the finale. And they're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Good luck, guys. And they go on there and they basically are about to destroy Bill and Ted's reputation, I guess, or maybe allow Denomalist to enslave everybody. Who knows what the real plan is, why they're still at the Battle of the Bands. But real Bill and Ted show up. Says, no, we're the real Bill and Ted. And they've got the good robots. There's quick punch-out between them. Fight scene always good to have a fight scene here
1: i like that you made the actions to go I, along with it then I, as i nobody, said fight scene i did see. like
0: two punches like jab hook
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're so turkey
0: uh but this is very reminiscent of the first movie this is where i like this movie is in so many ways like the exact same formula and very similar to the original but yet it's such a completely different spin that it doesn't feel like just a remake this isn't the hangover Two to the hangover you know the first one ends with them having this very elaborate Uh, presentation for their final history report on stage with lights and effects and everything and this kind of ends up the same way Uh, so after the fight scene uh, the evil robots are dead and uh, I should mention also the band that's playing Uh, now Rossi I don't know if you're going to be familiar with who this band is uh, but the band that's playing right before Bill and Ted is a real band they're called Primus now are you familiar with Primus? not at all Jamie you know who Primus is right? yeah yeah. Okay. So, what is the famous Primus song that you hate that I love? Uh,
1: what's the name of it again? I forget already.
0: Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Um, Rossi, I just I'm gonna. This is in all honesty. I love the way that you will narrate facts and stuff like that. So as I'm going through this, will you please look up the lyrics to Winona's Big Brown Beaver by Primus? <laughs> And then read that for us in a minute or two. I'm
1: sorry that he's making you search
0: for this, Rossi. <laughs> I'm not doing all the work on this podcast. Uh, so Is it over yet? Denomalous shows up. <laughs> we'll, okay, we'll, we'll get through this. This is the whole climax here. Denomalous shows up and he has a gun and you know who knows what he's going to be doing. Is he enslaving? We never really learn why he's showing up at the Battle of the Bands. Um, he rigs the camera so everybody in the world can... Uh, sorry, I burped again. Ugh. <laughs>
1: Ew, jeez.
0: I do not have the time to Why do people this?
1: still listen to you?
0: <laughs> okay, Jamie, you have so far been staring at your own chest, scratched your face on my shoulder, and you're going to be upset that I let a burp slip every once in a while.
1: Well, nobody can see me. People hear that.
0: Anyways.
1: Uh, you know what I was thinking? That's actually, that's where Superman, uh, that's the same thing as Superman uh, for the whole video thing. What are you talking about? No, with with when Zod comes to Earth, it's the same thing. Oh,
0: right, where he takes over and everybody's did singing in their own language. Did you
1: think about that too?
0: I was thinking, yeah, it was similar, except this has the sub... I was actually thinking, well, how come in China they're hearing him in English, but then they have the subtitles on screen. Yeah. So Denonimus is basically taking over the world here. Uh, you know, Bill and Ted are about to stop him. Uh, Bill and Ted come up with a plan, and this is kind of how... It, close to the end of the first one, they had a similar thing. It's like, all right, so when this is all over and done with, we'll go back in time. We'll put this prop here so we could use it then and escape from this cell. And they basically say, how about a sandbag? A sandbag falls down. It's a really clever, like, Doctor Who-like plot. Uh, how do we stop the anomalous? All right, well, when this is over, we'll get a sandbag. We'll get the time machine. We'll go back with we'll the sandbag. That'll knock out his gun. And then it's like, then we'll get a cage. A cage just drops out of the sky on anomalous. And he says, yeah, but when I get out of this... I'm going to give myself this key and he unlocks his cage and everybody's (gasps) gasping and uh, he's like, then I'm going to get myself this other gun and he's about to pull the trigger and then he pulls the trigger and it just comes out Wild Stallions rule, which is their band. Uh, Finally, like, yeah, but what you don't realize is we got the time machine so we set up that key and that gun and here comes death giving Denomalous and Melvin. Uh, It's all over this episode. And uh, we'll get into the final part of the the climax in a second, but just uh, all the Earth stuff and the battle between the robots and the Denomalous stuff. Uh, Rossi, before you give your opinion on the sequences, have you looked up the lyrics to Winona's Big Brown Beaver?
2: Yes, unfortunately.
0: All right, please please read the lyrics.
2: Um. Well, uh, do I have to read the whole thing? That's so much.
0: No, just go through like uh, go through you know a verse or so.
2: Okay, I'll go through the middle verse because it's the yeah. least. Um. Now Rex, he was a Texan out of New Orleans, and he traveled with the carnival shows. He ran bumper cars, sucked cheap cigars, and he candied up his nose. He got wind of the big brown beaver, so he thought he'd take himself a peek. But the beaver was quick and grabbed him by the kiwis. Now he ain't pissed for a week and a half. (laughs)
0: It's such a great song. Um, It it
1: sounds a lot worse than when you're reading it.
0: If you want something terrifying, now you talk about the Easter Bunny and everything. This is relevant. This is why I bring up Primus here. I'm not like a huge Primus fan. I love this song because it's just hilarious. Uh, And it actually has like, the the bass is incredible uh, in Primus. But the video is what caught me for Primus, for Winona's Big Brown Beaver. And Ross, you don't have to listen to the song, but I sent you the the Winona's Big Brown Beaver video which features them wearing costumes that are even creepier than the Easter Bunny or you can decide on that. Uh, just look at a few, you know, maybe a minute or so of that video while we're going through here and then tell us which one's more terrifying, that or the Easter Bunny. Uh, because if you've never seen the Winona's Big Brown Beaver video from Primus, you have to watch it. It is amazing. It is hilarious. No. Uh, it is creepy. No. When it's it I probably was intended to be creepy but it's just it, it's 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 absurd and i love it uh and jamie hates the song
1: just say no kids just say no
0: <laughs> rossi have you watched any of this video yet
2: no um give me a minute
0: all right fine <laughs> uh, jamie you talk first talk about the climax what climax building the robots and fighting the robots and fighting anomalous
1: yeah i know I was talking about it before already, but...
0: I know! You always jump one <laughs> sequence ahead. Just talk about it now.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, um... I don't know why... Like, I guess it's funny in the end for him to marry Missy, but that part for me didn't really... We haven't gone there
0: yet! <gasps> oh, I, please.
1: I don't know. I, I thought that there would be more creative things that they could have done rather than... Why are you playing this video? <laughs> I thought that there could be more creative things that they could do rather than just leaving the sandbag and then, you know... Uh, it's a
0: joke. It's cartoony.
1: A cage with a key that they actually will give him with a the gun than that they'll give him. Like
0: No, it's meant to be like a cartoon. It's the same... Like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they're locked up or the other uh, historical figures are all locked up in prison. And Bill and Ted get them out. But then Ted's dad comes in and spoils their plan. Like, how are we going to get out of here? You know, they got into their police station by saying, let's set up a tape recorder that is throwing our voices. Then, you know, we'll steal your dad's keys and then we'll do this. And then in the end, they're like, well, how are we going to get away from your dad? And they say, well, a trash can. And then a giant trash can just drops on his head. Like, it's just supposed to be cartoony.
1: Okay, but I also I also wanted to say, like, it's a little bit of a change of subject. You know what this song always reminds me of? And maybe I have to listen to the lyrics known as Big Round Beaver, you because Yeah, because you are actually watching it right now while you were just talking about something else completely. But like i knew that this was slang for like am i allowed to say the word like uh, okay i don't want to say the p word so i'll just say a woman's private okay (laughs) i don't know if you know that that beaver is actually slang for that
0: i i probably didn't get that until now but okay (laughs)
1: because just so you know rossi collins like super innocent uh like, no.
0: Uh, anyways, no. He. I didn't. just don't. I don't. Yeah. So he,
1: he 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 doesn't get references like that, and he'll be like, "What?
0: <sighs> oh, that's all you wanted to add?
1: Well, oh, I don't know. I just I just I said I need to look at the lyrics closer because I, I never really thought about it. But Winona's big brown beaver sounds like it'd be like Winona's big brown pussy.
0: Okay, I don't. <laughs> <sighs> um, Rossi, what do you think of the video?
2: uh Uh. It was weird. <laughs> why? Why are you making me watch it? Like, I,
0: this is just this is. See, we went through three weeks of fun, funny, and we need to instill some fear in the listeners here. And if the Easter Bunny didn't terrify you, when as Big Brown Beaver's video will.
2: I'd rather Talk be about, talking about Ted and Bill bogus okay, let's whatever go back crap. To it,
0: then. Yeah, let's talk about the climax then.
2: What, you want me to talk about something now? Go for it. Um, oh, yeah, I thought that the the fight scene was so short. Because like, it took like one punch and those guys were dead. And I was like, oh, that was quick. And then I looked at the time and I was like, wait, it's not over? <laughs> and then the guy shows up in the telephone booth and it was like going on and and then the guys from the past show the future show up even though they like married the opposite woman or something like mm-hmm. it,
0: well that it, yeah we'll we'll cover that next but it we'll was just bi- talk whole, about it now
2: <laughs> it, the whole thing was just weird that whole like
0: it does get really weird on the end i'm going to agree with that
2: i did think it was funny though when they were the robots were about to start their performance and they're like, we are whatever the name of the band is. I forget. Wild Stallions. Wild Stallions. And then the real Bill and Ted show up and the whole audience gasps and like looks yeah. back and forth. I thought that the audience actions were funny.
0: The heads darting back and forth.
2: Like who? who's the real? And then the robots show up and it gets even more confusing. And it, I, thought, I thought that was good. Uh,
0: I mean, the second part of this is Rossi kind of mentioned, you know, after they trapped anomalous, they're like, well, we still have this performance. Hey, but we still don't know how to play. Well, we got the time machine. So they disappear in the time machine and they pop back up and you find out it's been 16 months later, I think they said. Uh, they said, you know, that was an intense 16 months of guitar training minus some time for a honeymoon in medieval England. They've got babies strapped to their backs. Uh, Bill's baby's named Ted. Ted's baby's named Bill. They introduce themselves. Uh, Ted, I don't even know who he's supposed to look like here. Uh <laughs> Could you describe what his look is, Jamie?
1: I don't know. Didn't he have like a soul patch or something?
0: Yeah, kind of had a soul patch. I don't know. What we... You,
1: which you think is hilarious. You make fun of Keith Urban for having one. <laughs> I
0: make fun of Keith Urban for a lot more than that. Uh, and Bill's got this big ZZ top beard. Uh, which so they would look take ridiculous. way
1: longer than sixteen, 16 months. months to grow.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe they had extensions where they went like and and ZZ like ZZ has top top anybody
1: thought about the fact that this this movie um, this movie is actually the second time or the fir- first time. That Keanu Reeves is actually traveling somewhere via telephone and the Matrix is a second?
0: I hadn't pieced that together. Yeah, that phones allow him to travel through dimensions or time or whatever. No, that's interesting.
2: Whoa. Pub trivia night.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, we've gone through this entire episode and Jamie's not even talking about Keanu Reeves. Uh, Maybe we'll mention the performances on the end of this i'm trying
1: not to embarrass you oh
0: please
1: i love you yeah
0: like you haven't done enough embarrassing things so far on the air
1: we've been married five years people
0: almost uh let's see if we get there (laughs) uh so they basically perform their final song here which uh it's i don't know if the song's ever supposed to be the same thing but the song that plays at the end credits here is a kiss song god gave rock and roll to you uh, which isn't a bad song. I think this soundtrack's pretty good. I don't know if the music is as prominent in this as the first one, but if you really want to hear great late 80s, early 90s music that's cheesy and over the top and everything, then like the Bill and Ted soundtracks are awesome. The second one's probably a little bit heavier than the first and not featured as prominently in the movie, but uh, this is still a good song. Uh, and it just goes to the credits. Wild Stallions won, and it's just newspaper clippings of everything that happens after this. Oh, and we can't forget, of course, the Grim Reaper and his rap. Uh, Jamie, do you remember the Grim Reaper rap?
1: Uh, Vaguely.
0: All right. Well, you've got a lot to add here. He, uh, he
1: was funnier in every other area of the movie.
0: But I like that at the end, it just becomes completely ridiculous here. It becomes the Duke of Spook, the Doc of Shock, Redu- the man with no tan.
1: Ridiculous.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, so some of the newspaper clippings are like, there's peace in the Middle East... Uh, Air Guitar uh, is uh, found to eliminate smog. The Grim Reaper wins the Indy 500. I didn't know I could run that fast. Um, Missy marries Denomalous. Uh, the Dow drops 600 points because Wild Stallions are going to uh, break up. Uh, then it turns out to be a hoax. Bill and Ted the movie. Bill and Ted play Mars. All these great newspaper clippings. So, Rossi, anything else to add on the finale here? Um, or do you just want to jump right into giving this a minute?
2: What was the... Um... The line. There was a line that the Grim Reaper gave at the end when he was singing. That was funny. Like, doesn't matter if you're this or this, you'll end up uh, with the
0: Reaper. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper.
2: Yeah, I thought that was such a great line. <laughs> I thought that was really funny, which just enforces the fact that this is the best character of the entire movie.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, it was, it was such a small scene, too. Like, the, the Reaper was my favorite, too. It was such a small scene, and some people might actually miss it. But I love when they were shopping and stuff like that, and there was the smoker, and, and Death was just like, see you soon. Yeah, see you real
0: soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's another cameo. That's oh, and, the director. Oh, and
1: Colin Colin was, like, r- rolled over laughing almost when he was like, get down with your bad self. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, then do, 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 do. I just, I love And, and I group. love
1: when they were shopping and he was looking at, like, what was it, like a rake or something, and he was, like, comparing it to a scythe, and he's like, huh. Yeah. Uh, nah, I won't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just the group of people shopping at the Builder's Emporium. And the fact that they're walking around with two aliens and nobody's looking odd at them. Um, and then he
2: had his comments when they were talking about. The robot and he's like, I I put the hair on the wig. Yeah, <laughs> I, I pushed the cart. Yeah, I pushed the cart. Like, do you know what?
1: Do you know what you remind me of with your accent? when you try to mimic the Grim Reaper's accent.
0: Don't say Schwarzenegger.
1: The one talking about like, uh, um, you should be the one talking about bears going shopping. Oh yeah,
0: kindergarten cop line. Yeah. So
1: yeah, it is Schwarzenegger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think my Grim Reaper impression is pretty solid. Thank you very much. Hit! You sunk my battleship. You sunk my battleship
2: sounds like dracula more like
0: colonel master did it in the study I want with the candlestick your blood um <laughs> uh, anything else you want to talk about in the end here you want to just throw it to jamie
2: jamie and uh, the floor is yours
0: all right cool oh, okay am i supposed to say buy it win
1: it no win it? no just talk about the scenes <laughs> on it, the end it.
0: here <laughs> <laughs> buy it win it <laughs> if i entered a contest and somebody gave it to me for free i would take it
1: um, didn't I give you an extra copy of this movie that you can give away to somebody
0: yeah he, 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 we'll do that as a contest if we somebody <laughs> if somebody is willing to write a, we'll okay I'll, I'll give the contest don't let me forget I will give the contest on the end of this uh, Jamie anything else you want to talk about on the scene since we got nothing else for you to jump ahead to you already tried to jump ahead to the review yeah do you want to talk about the whole end of the movie with them coming back and winning the battle and the newspapers.
1: Yeah, if somebody wants to send me a gift certificate for a Nintendo Switch, I will send you the movie. No, no that's charge. not the
0: contest. That's not the contest. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a little trivia on this movie here. So, um, first of all, before we even get into this movie, uh, let's talk about how this affected the franchise. Bill and Ted was a huge deal. I mentioned that there was you know tons of merchandise, everything out of time. There was. Um, Uh, The video game which I've never been able to play for the original Nintendo I remember I found it at one point at a video store and I was too young and dumb to realize you needed a membership no matter where you went so I tried to check out the game and they said oh you need to have a membership here and my mom never got me a membership to that place so I never got to play the Bill & Ted game sadly Uh, but yeah there were video games of Bill & Ted there was an animated series which is actually really good Uh, if people have a chance and you're a fan of Bill & Ted go and watch the animated series you even had voices from george carlin who plays rufus and alex winter and keanu reeves uh they even had a live action bill and ted tv series which i have never seen other than just a few clips of it but i think both of those like the animated and this only lasted a season do
1: you want them to release another movie
0: well yeah we'll get to that in a second. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure did well at the box office, did even better when it came out on video. It kind of developed not even a cult following, just a big following. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey didn't make that much money uh, less. Uh, it, it did pretty much the same, but it was just considered a disappointment at the time because of a much bigger budget and the expectations that it would have been, you know, a huge... I guess you could almost compare Bill and Ted to something like Austin Powers, where Austin Powers 1 wasn't the hugest hit as far as how much money it made in theaters, But it developed such a huge following, you know, through video and everything that by the time the second one came out, it was the biggest thing there was. That was kind of what was expected of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Never amounted to that. I remember the reviews at the time just destroying this movie, and it took a couple of weeks before I was able to go see this. Uh, And I remember hearing on the the radio or TV and stuff, they'd review it, and people saying, This movie's just terrible. But then I saw it, I'm like, This is a fun movie. And the reputation has improved a lot over the years to the point where now, whereas the first one, You know, it has like a huge following and everybody pretty much loves it. The second one, people are still divided, but it leans more towards people thinking this movie's so outrageous that it's actually really fun. Uh, I have a feeling that's not what we're going to get with the reviews. Uh, Third part. So, oh, for years, I I used to actually draw my own posters of what would a Bill & Ted 3 be? What would a Bill & Ted 4 be? And I'd draw my own posters like Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and I'd put like the plot, Bill & Ted's whatever, whatever. And with Bill and Ted 3, it was never going to happen because the perception was Keanu Reeves would never want to do this. Uh, 2010 comes along and Keanu Reeves himself in an interview says, yeah, I I totally want to do Bill and Ted 3. And we've talked to uh, the, the screenwriters, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, and they have a script. And this is like seven years ago. And he says, I would really want to do this. And I thought, well, just nostalgia. Well, seven years later, Keanu Reeves himself is still mentioning this. And not just like, well, we're working on it, saying the script's done. We're just trying to get it worked out. They even hired a director at one point. I don't know if he's still attached or whatever, uh, but this thing is still in the works. And as recently as when John Wick 2 was being promoted a few months ago, Keanu Reeves still talked about it. And what is known about Bill & Ted 3 is actually really clever. So even if you guys don't like this movie, I guarantee the third one would be a blast because the idea is Bill & Ted are now middle-aged. They're in their 40s, maybe 50s, and they never amounted to anything. So somehow... Maybe they had that performance of the Battle of the Bands and none of those other things came true. Uh, They're living miserable lives. Their wives don't like them. Their kids don't like them. And somebody else comes back in time, like Rufus, and says, you need to do something. Otherwise, if you don't write this song to save the world, the entire universe is going to be destroyed. And it becomes this big thing with time travel again. And with the whole universe being at stake, it sounds like a really clever idea. Even the title was revealed this year. It's going to be called Bill and Ted Face the Music. I really want this movie to be made. I'm just saying that. Um, we'll get into the reviews before we talk about whether you guys want a sequel. But Rossi, uh, I'll give you the pleasure of just getting this over with, since I know where you're going. Buy it, bin it, rent it. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey.
2: Um, I'm torn between two. I'm torn between either completely binning it or binning it. No. So oh. <laughs> I don't know where I want to go. I think I'm going to... Take the ladder and it's just gonna bin it
0: oh but you did state that if this movie were just the grim reaper sequences and the heaven sequences you would have bought that movie
2: i would buy that part of, I buy, i'll buy that part of the movie Bin the rest all right but jamie, overall it's a bin.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be interesting for jamie because as i said she told me this movie was terrible and then seemed to enjoy it last night when we were watching it but Jamie has already covered two of these bases by buying this movie for herself and then trying to bin it in real life. So buy it, bin it, rent it. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey.
1: Win it. I'll give it away to somebody who's listening.
0: No, okay. Buy it, bi- rent it, bin it. Officially, Win it. officially, is this a buy it, bin it, or rent it? What's your opinion? Rent it. See, So
1: all of this criticism <laughs> and you're still renting this? Well, death is hilarious.
0: Okay. Uh, we're going to cover all bases because I'm buying this even though it is no- when I say how big of a fan I was of this movie it was mostly the first movie and as a kid you're like I love the sequel to anything I love uh, I would still say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to this day one of my favorite movies ever uh, there's no way either of you could have ever been I know Jamie wouldn't have been that one Rossi there's no way you would ever been Excellent Adventure if you bothered to watch it it's such a fun movie Bogus Journey not quite on the same level but I'd still be buying it uh, and Casper's very disappointed, as you can hear him in the background right now, that he wasn't allowed to give his opinion.
1: He's crying.
0: Uh, Rossi, would you have any interest in knowing that the first movie is very different? In knowing that pretty much everybody, even somebody who loves this one, will say the first one is like a hundred times better than this. Uh, in knowing that Jamie, who's pretty much agreed with you on everything you said here. Would do it. Would you ever bother to watch Bill into his Excellent Adventure? Or are you pretty much checked out now that we forced you to watch The Inferior Second Part?
2: I don't know. I, did, I was reading when I was looking up part of the movie. I did see that it was different, the first one. I don't know. It sounds more interesting than this concept. Um, just the idea of going across history and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds more interesting than this, so maybe, but I don't know. I'll have to wait like a good few months to recover from this
0: (laughs) see this is the real tie-in to halloween here it was giving rossi his own personal hell (laughs) um would you ever bother to go like if bill and ted 3 comes out next year would you watch bill and ted 3
2: i would consider it if i've seen the first if i saw the first one
0: okay So we have a whole panel here that will come back for Bill & Ted 3 if it gets made. So Keanu Reeves. Don't count
2: me in. Don't pencil me in yet.
0: I am penciling you in.
2: (laughs) I have a busy day that day.
0: If you ever want to cover your favorite show next year, then you're going to have a free schedule for the whole month when Bill & Ted Face the Music comes out. Fine. There we go. I I, I know how to leverage people. Um,
1: I'm sorry. I'm having a baby that day.
0: Yeah, Uh, I don't want to know who with Um, so can we take away from this as we end the Halloween month here we've pretty much covered all stuff that's funny none of it's really terrifying but this one does it fit as much with Clue and Parks and Recreation Halloween and Charlie Brown uh, Great Pumpkin as kind of an odd Halloween classic
2: I just feel bad that people had to you know go from one of the best Movies. It's one of the worst movies. <laughs> <laughs> I uh. will
0: give you. If if I had to choose which was a better movie, I would pick Clue. But because this is a childhood favorite of mine, I'm way more attached to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. But yeah, I will give you. Clue was the better movie of the two. And thank you to everybody who downloaded the Clue episode two. I didn't expect for a movie that made way less money than Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey to get as many downloads as it got. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening to all these episodes as well, people. And. We can reward you for that. Um, (laughs) Chances are nobody's going to take us up on this. But if you are listening to this episode, I hope to God you have seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because otherwise you are so confused right now that you don't know what you've spent an hour and a half listening to. It's Um, okay.
2: I don't know what I spent half an hour doing either. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But if you would like to win Jamie's attempted bin copy of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, our bonus copy... Uh, All you have to do is write a review for the Oz Network uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is. Write a review and send us a screenshot of that review to uh, us on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Uh, Just tweet it out. Tag the screenshot of you writing a review, official review on iTunes or Stitcher of the Oz Network. But in that review, just make sure to mention something about Bill and Ted's bogus journey or Jamie staring at her chest or scratching her face against my shoulder or nightmares of Care Bears or anything related to this episode or Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey.
1: So we still have two copies of that movie?
0: Yeah, we do. We still have your copy.
1: Oh, okay. So if that if, the, if that legit. is you,
0: if you will write a review for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, not even this, just the Oz Network, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever, and reference Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey or anything to do with this episode, send us a screenshot of that. We will send you free of charge, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, attempted binned copy of Jamie Hilding. Woo. And Rossi, you're not allowed to enter this contest.
2: I wouldn't even try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we don't, I mean, we got lots of other things going on. You know, you can listen to our DC episodes, which were coming close to the end of. we got Wonder Woman. that will be coming up uh, later in the week. Uh, So that'll be an exciting one, because I'll get to talk about something, as Ben mentioned, for the first time ever, talk about a movie twice, because Jamie and I covered that in the review, and then we're going to get to come back and uh, do a full recap of that, which we've never actually done since we've done the Oz Network, so that's going to be fun. Uh, Other than that, lots of TV show stuff going on. Lost, which, uh, Rossi, are you uh, a Lost fan?
1: No. Rossi, not Jamie.
2: I've, never seen, so I've explains, never seen anything more than the first episode, so... No.
1: That guy on there is just so repulsive.
0: <laughs> yeah, we know your feelings. Um, but that explains why nobody's listening to Lost Podcast. No, listen to Lost Podcast, because if you want to get into a show, we're, we're starting a show from the beginning, much like Ben's been doing with Nip Tuck and Third Watch and all that, getting a Lost from the beginning.
2: But a show uh, that's more recognizable than the other two.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, we do have something which we don't want to tease just yet, but coming soon to the oz network hopefully sometime in the next few months uh rossi and i and jamie probably as well will be starting another show from the beginning uh it'll be a comedy this time and uh that's probably we're gonna be working on for the next little while not uh, not seinfeld uh i don't know how seinfeld podcast would go over what
1: about sex in the city
0: no you would have to make me lose a bet to have me podcast sex in the city or bribe me with podcasting something of equal excellence, uh, or not equal. Still
2: give you uh, Bill and Ted's bonus. <laughs> <return>. <laughs> uh,
0: I just want to mention, I'm going through the quotes here, trying to come up with something for the end of the episode. I missed another one of my favorite quotes from this movie, when they're climbing up uh, in hell and say, If I die, you can have a Megadeth collection. But dude, we're already dead. Oh, well then they're yours, dude. <laughs> I love that. I love that they also list on IMDb. They don't list them as Bill and Ted. They list them as dead Bill and dead Ted. Uh, Anyways, uh, lots of exciting stuff coming up. Um, We may be back for something. Uh, Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me, Rossi. Uh, We do have one other Bill and Ted thing to cover here. As we've been doing on all these, which character are you? So uh, I'll start first. Uh, This was a quiz on which Bill and Ted character are you. So we did the Parks and Rec one we did the Clue one, we did the Charlie Brown one, and now we're doing Bill and Ted. I came up as Rufus. So it says, you are Rufus. You are the one who guides Bill and Ted through their excellent adventure and bogus journey. And you're also an incredible guitar player. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an incredible guitar player. I just simply know how to play the instrument. And one of the questions was, do you know how to play guitar, I think? (laughs) So that's how I came up as Rufus. Uh, Rossi, who are you?
2: I am. Well, let me pull it up. I am Billy the Kid. <laughs> so
0: Not, that's from part one. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> it gave me that. Weirdly enough, I I got my like it gives you a breakdown of the answers, what character they were most like, mm-hmm. and I had equal Grim Reaper and Billy the Kid, but somehow I'm Billy the Kid. So I'm a famous Western outlaw. You love to show <laughs> women you wanted poster and to shoot your gun. <laughs>
1: Sounds just like you, Rossi.
0: Uh, Jamie, read yours. Uh, So I got Grim Reaper.
1: It says, you are death itself. Unfortunately, death does not have much confidence (laughs) in itself. You strive to be accepted.
0: (laughs) I just want people to like me. You've quoted that (laughs) on every podcast.
1: And when that chance finally comes, you are stuck following around some of the dumbest (laughs) teenagers who have ever existed. But it's not all that bad. You also have... You're also... What? You're
0: also to, I think it's supposed to say the bassist.
1: You're also the bassist to the greatest band that has ever existed.
0: Is that Primus? No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Would, if you had hoped for any historical figure, would it have been Billy the Kid?
2: Um. You know I. You know I'll take it. It's not an insult.
0: Um, Rufus isn't an insult either. Jamie, I know that you're glad to be the grim reaper of all of them.
2: Mm-hmm. He's the best.
0: All right. Uh, So that's it for this week. And uh, we hopefully will be back. Maybe we'll continue this in Thanksgiving or American Thanksgiving or uh, maybe something else for Christmas so we have some Christmas stuff planned. But I'm sure we'll find lots of things to keep us busy with random recaps, Rossi, if you're up for that.
2: Yeah, I'm sure some people. Please give suggestions of crazy things.
0: Yes. And if you are willing to screenshot us giving you us a, a, a suggestion in your review we will send you Jamie's copy of her attempted bin Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey remember that contest people uh, just send us a screenshot and then first come first serve uh, anyways that's the end of this week's episode on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and sadly the end of the random Halloween month my name is Colin and I stole Deacon's Easter basket
1: and my name is Jamie dinner is over worm dude
2: and I'm Rossi catch you later God